Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach Tip of the Day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Uh, my next guest is Andrew Bennett from Bennett Performance Group in Alexandria, Virginia. And let me tell you a little bit about uh, what he's going to talk to us about. Andrew Bennett believes that a business's ability to thrive flows from its leaders, and leaders create the conditions for people to access their potential. And through consulting, coaching, speaking, training, and writing, Andrew helps leaders create workplaces that unlock the power of the human mind and spirit. And today we're going to be talking about transformational leadership. Andrew, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much, Bill. I really enjoy your show, so it's good to be here. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. You know, it's great to have you. Um, leadership is a big part of, of what our listeners are listening for, and a lot of them realize that maybe they haven't been leading their company as well as they should, and they need to transform so tell us a little bit about your background and how you uh, got started in this line of work. Well, I've been an entrepreneur all my life. I started when I was about 12 years old, actually. Um, I started my own business uh, doing magic shows. I started performing magic when I was seven years old, and um, I actually started a business doing that. So I had my own TV show in northern Michigan when I was 14 years old. I paid my way through college. And um, then I spent 10 years after college uh, in the corporate world. I was I started my career as Ross Perot's personal assistant. And wow. that's where the um, – it was a great experience. That's where kind of the, the leadership bug bit me because Ross was – a uh, great leader. He, I think, the greatest thing about Ross was that he, uh, he, he enabled, I think, ordinary people to do extraordinary things. Um, I was, I'm just an ordinary guy. I had humble roots and was an average student in college. And by the end of the time I was working with Ross, he put me in Australia on a five million dollar account, and my team. And I grew it to $65 million in two years. Um, wow. Pretty extraordinary. But we were just ordinary people. Um, how, but how I, did he, I started my own. I'm sorry? I was going to say, uh, how, did he, how did he make you feel? Well, he made me feel um, very valued mm -hmm. more than anything. There were many demonstrations that he really – valued me and he believed in me he was always he took a personal interest in me and not just me he it, ross knew everybody's name mm -hmm. i mean it was an incredible thing this company when i joined was about four thousand people um but he knew everyone's name and he saw i think people's talents and their interests he saw that i did magic for example I did magic at our office Christmas party that first year that I worked for him, and he didn't know that I did magic. And he came up to me afterwards and he said, Andy, 
That's real clever, the way you do that magic. From now on, whenever <laughs> you do a business presentation, I want you to use magic in it. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so I did. That's where I started using magic, and I still use it in my work developing leaders today. So that's fat. So he, he really uh, had probably, like a lot of leaders, you don't realize it, but they're really working at that, of being leaders by caring about people first. That was a huge part of it, Bill. Um, and it was a, a huge part of that culture. I think it's it's one of the things that I think is so important for leaders is whatever you want, however you want your people to behave, you got to behave that way. Um, I've, I've done leadership development long enough to know that a culture, a company culture is a direct reflection of the leader. You know, whatever behavior you see going on in the culture, by and large, um, it begins with the leader. So Ross was this extremely caring leader. Uh, he was a tough leader. He demanded a lot, and he wanted you to have done your homework. He he wanted you to know the details. He wanted you to be prepared. So he expected a lot. Um but he cared about people. He took an interest in people. He provided opportunities. And, I mean, he just really kind of modeled the way that he wanted people in the company to behave. We all knew how to behave because we looked at the boss. That's a, what, a great, uh, <laughs> what a great experience for you and a great life lesson to learn early in life. Uh, that's a phenomenal experience. Now, what are what are the most important actions a leader can take to create an inspiring workplace? Well, I I think um, the the very first thing is to have clarity about what the real purpose of our work is, all of us, and that is making the planet a better place. Uh, we do that through the products and services that we offer and by helping the people that are in your company become better people. Um, there's a great saying that I've heard somewhere along the way, and, and it's that um, good managers help people become better employees, but great leaders help employees become better people. Um, so I, I think this this perspective of the real reason that we're in business is to make the planet a better place through our products and services and then to create workplaces where people can really thrive. Um, I think that you, so many people unconsciously, their view of business is that the purpose of it is to make a profit and um, – they don't realize that on a day-to-day -day basis they're just kind of surviving. They're just kind of reacting to what's going on around them versus um, being driven by adding value to the people that you serve uh, through people that you can allow to thrive. And, and I think the profit results from that. But, it, you know, it's like playing tennis with one eye on the scoreboard uh, if you're just looking at profit all the time, that's the end result. The means to that end is, is through people that are continually growing and learning and transcending their limitations. So I, I think first having that understanding of what the real purpose of our work is. Um, I think another thing 
uh, in creating an inspiring workplace is to, to have a compelling vision. I mean, we hear vision all the time, and it's, and it's in all the books. And so I'm, in a sense, beating a dead horse. But at the same time, it's in all the books and heard all the time because it's so critical. Um, but a vision is, uh, if if we do our work well, if we live up to this idea of making the world a better place, what will the world look like as a result of that? And when I say world, it may be just our community, those people that we serve, but the people that we touch, what 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 will that look like as a result? And um and having a conversation in the company about that. Um Ross's thing was legendary customer service. And that's the kind of thing that we talked about all the time was what are some examples of legendary customer service? What are people doing that's like legendary customer service? Um I think another thing about creating an inspiring Work, uh, workplace is um, is for a leader to be uh, humble and introspective. Um, that the the great leaders that I've seen are ones who um, are constantly kind of looking at themselves and their own thinking, their own blind spots. They're open to feedback. Um, they they are introspective, so I think those are those are some key things that I've seen over the years. Fantastic! I'm I've taken notes like crazy. <laughs> so clarity <laughs> well, clarity of clarity of the big purpose. It's not about the dollars and cents. It's about the the big purpose and how it fits into the world and helps people. Having a compelling vision of how that big purpose is going to help and and staying clear about that and being humble and introspective. And I would imagine a big part of that is being willing to accept coaching and to be coachable, in other words, uh, and accepting uh, input from people who, uh, as one of our our prior guests said today, Andrew, and I loved your analogy about the the tennis, playing tennis with one eye on the scoreboard. (laughs) That's a great one. Uh, I heard one earlier about it's, it's about, are you playing chess? Are you watching the chess game? It's a difference between, are you so focused on the game that you're missing the big picture of what's happening in the overall picture of things? I love that. Yeah, that's great, Bill. So what gets in the way of all of this? What what uh, along the way people uh, a lot a lot of times they start off with great vision and great goals and and you, you come back 5 years later and it's like, well, what happened? Uh, what what gets in the way? What how do they derail? Well, first is kind of the corollary to the idea that um, a business is about adding value to the planet and helping people grow. The, the, you know, kind of the exact opposite that I see getting in the way over and over and over is having a belief that uh, the only purpose of business is to make a profit. And, you know, it's, it's almost considered blasphemous in to say that you know, in our world and in our capitalist society. Um, And don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm a business person. I have to make a profit and uh, I want to make a profit and I enjoy everything that a profit can do for me and my family. Uh, But it's putting profit in its, in its proper perspective Um, that, you know, like you were just saying, the outcome of, 
being driven by producing great products and services and helping people grow, the outcome is profit. I mean, there's study after study after study that shows leaders who are, they're calling them these days transformational leaders, that these kind of leaders outperform uh, leaders who are um, driven by a different set of values outperform all the time. Um, so I, I think that's one of the things that gets in the way is just being focused on the profit. And it goes back to that idea of kind of that's a, a survival state of mind versus a thriving state of mind. Um, so is it, it, could we, it also, could it also be the, like the dropping of the baton from one person to the next about what those, those big purpose and big vision goals were like that, the game where people used to start off by whispering, you know, something in the next person's ear and the next person's ear, by the time it comes around the circle, it's, it, it turned from an elephant to a horse. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's absolutely that, uh, and and it's a great point too, Bill. Because what I see a lot of times is leaders who have some sense of vision of here's where we're going, here's what we're about. Uh, it's something that they understand that's part of their DNA, and. Uh, they may have a, a meeting with people and give everybody wallet cards and put a poster up on the wall of the mission and the vision uh, and our values. Uh, they may have a town hall meeting and and uh, kind of roll it out to everybody. It's a kind of a show, um, and it's a one-time event, and it's a talking at kind of thing versus um, where I've really seen – people take on a vision and integrate it and and make it their own and align their own um, actions and beliefs around that vision where where I see that happen is where it's not a one time event where it's a a process of conversation uh continually about where are we going uh, what are we trying to create what's the impact we want to have. Uh, with our customers, what do we want that to look like? Where do where do you fit in? Where do I fit in? Uh, how do we work together to make that happen? But that vision becomes a constant kind of story that we're weaving together and living together and refining all the time. Back to the yeah, back to the core values, um, and a lot of times. Um, I think it's apparent that a lot of times uh, it doesn't take long for those to get off track, and once they get off track, uh, it can it can really change the whole culture of a company quickly. Um, so, uh, you know, when when you talk about uh, uh, these types of things, how could our listeners use your information for their own transformation during their exit from what they've built? Yeah, you know, in preparation for our talk, I was uh, thinking about that, knowing your focus. And um, there's a framework that's emerged from my work. And it's interesting because I started to think a few years ago about, well, actually, someone came to me about five years ago and said, you've been working on these projects with leaders transforming their companies over the years. Um, 
would you come and do a keynote speech for us and just share kind of the highlights? And what I realized in preparing for that is that there's a really cool parallel between what I've learned and the world of magic. And so what came out of it is that um, transformation happens when you do three things, and they happen to coincide with the first three things you learn when you're learning magic. Uh, you make things appear, you make things disappear, and you restore things. And I think that's a nice framework for any kind of transformation. So for your listeners, if you're thinking about um, transitioning from the business that you've built into the next chapter in your life, uh, think about that framework. Uh, what is it that you want to make? A, and um, and I really recommend going back to what we were saying earlier about um, uh, the purpose of our work is to make the world a better place. So in your next chapter, uh, what is it that you're going to do to take what you have to offer to make the world a better place for others? So what are you going to make appear? What? And the second one is disappear. What needs to go away? What do you need to stop doing? What do you need to let go of? What do you need to stop tolerating uh, in your own behavior, uh, in your own thinking? What do you need to let go of? What needs to disappear? And then the restore piece um, has to do with something you just mentioned a minute ago, Bill, which is um, we, we sometimes in the process of life, we lose track of our values. So the Restoration Act can be a going back to what you value and restoring what maybe you've lost along the way in the process of of doing everything you needed to do to build your business and live your life. So uh, I think that framework would be useful for your listeners, appear, disappear, and restore. Um, so, you know, in, in a way, you know, you wouldn't imagine going in front of an audience to do a magic trick without having uh, thought it out in advance, made sure you have the proper materials uh, to, to make the trick happen and the, and the proper training and rehearsal before you actually got up in front of everybody. Maybe when you were seven, that was cute, <laughs> but not when you get older, yeah, it's, right? <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah. I could get away with a lot when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> now I have to have some skills and I'm actually a member of the magic circle, which is the uh, oldest society of magicians uh, in the world. You have to be invited and you have to pass an audition to get in it's based out oh, of right. London. Oh, that's great. So, so that requires, I mean, those are mentors for you. So again, again, the corollaries are, are pretty, uh, pretty significant that you need to have thought through what you want to see all your results being again, appearing, disappearing and restoring. I like that quite a bit. Uh, now, Andrew, you, uh, uh, you are a, uh, speaker for Vistage groups. I imagine you entertain them with a little magic along the way as well in your talks. I do. I always use magic. Ross challenged me to do that, and I've done it ever since. Uh, so I use magic to kind of illustrate my points and punctuate things. It's, Of course, it's really fun, but we're also finding that there are some things neurologically that go on when people experience magic that helps people learn. Um, I've got a Ph.D. student at Michigan State University who's starting to do some research on this, uh, showing how our minds open up uh, when we're experiencing a magic trick. It has something to do with cross-hemisphere brain function, so we're we're starting to learn about that. That's, that's fascinating stuff. And again, um, 
We don't have time to talk about your client story, but I want you to come back and join us again uh, and and get deeper on some of these topics because we covered a lot of ground, but we're running out of time right now. Uh, What's the best way for our listeners to find out more about you and get in touch with you? My website is magicofandrewbennett.com. So that's magicofandrewbennett, B-E-N-N-E-T-T.com. And there's video on there so you can see me uh, doing my thing. There's a little magic on there, and there's some good content that people will, I think, find valuable. And my blog's, I think, pretty good. And you can uh, reach me through that. And I like your Ross Perot imitation, too. Very good job on that. Um, so, but, <laughs> but you know, you're, I used you're... to call people in the I used to call people <laughs> in the office and pretend that I was Ross. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's great! You know, it, it what a great, great experience that that built your your knowledge and your personality and influenced how you treat people. And I'm so happy that you're in a career where you can pass on that wisdom and knowledge and, and entertain people at the same time. Uh, wonderful to have you on the show. Thanks so much for joining us, and I look forward to the next time we speak. Thank you, Bill. It's been nice to talk to you. Real pleasure. Have a great day. We're going to take a short break. After this, we're going to come back with another guest. Uh, we're uh, uh, Stay with us. We're going to have a great time. You're listening to ExitCoachRadio.com, the information station for age 50-plus business owners, where we're interviewing top advisors for their best tips, ideas, and precautions so you can be well-planned. We upload new one-minute tips every day. ExitCoachRadio.com. Come listen for a minute. Business owners, if you came back from lunch and there was a resignation letter on your desk, which employee would you really, really not want it to be from? What are you doing to prevent this from happening? At Exit and Retirement Strategies, we design plans that attract, motivate, and retain key employees. For a free consultation, call Bill Black, the Exit Coach, at 866-370-3774. Call today. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 